0: An Irish girl and an English girl walk into a bar. Nothing unusual. Well, except the bar is on a tiny volcanic island, 1,200 miles off the coast of South America, 1,800 miles off the coast of Africa. Nothing in between but ocean. A place where the Union Jack hangs outside, but it's 30 degrees on Christmas Day. A bar where everybody knows your name and the bartender knows your order. This is a podcast of two girls... Blathering about their favourite things, birds, books, life affairs, trips away and slips, trips and falls in the most remote place in the world. Hello and welcome back to our podcast, an Irish girl and an English girl walk into a bar. And this is me, Nicole Shamir and you on your homie. And today we're talking about our favourite bars, pubs and clubs. Which is difficult to talk about at any, without
1: any great length as we have many favourite bars, yeah, pubs and clubs.
0: exactly. I think this is going to be difficult to actually stop at one hour, but we'll try our best. We will try. We will definitely try.
1: Just think if we hadn't spent all that time in bars, pubs and clubs, we could be running the world now.
0: I know. <laughs> Exactly. I certainly do a lot more scuba diving and walk, walks in the morning and I don't know, cleaning the house.
1: Oh, yeah. I could probably be thin
0: and have a clean house. Yeah. Yeah. I make, think of that. What kind of life is this, though? Yeah. So, sorry for excluding any of our listeners who don't go out drinking. But of course, even if you don't drink, many of you will have gone to a pub or a bar. Just to socialise and you to enjoy yourself. You can soak
1: up the atmosphere sober just as well because you can get that sort of group thing, drunkenness where you're not drinking yourself, but you just get drunk on life.
0: Yes. I mean, I when I was a little kiddie wink and we actually used to go to um, a pub in Harrow um, that looked over Heathrow and you could see the flights coming in and it had a beautiful playground at the back the back. So, I mean that's when my um, pubbing started on you. <laughs> what about you?
1: Well, I did um I did go to pubs as a child as that was quite the done thing in Ireland back in the day. So my grandfather, both my grandfathers used to take us to the pub actually when we were very young. Mm. So my mother's father, my maternal grandfather had that um at the time it was very Um, traditional thing where men of that age would go to the pub every night for for a drink but it would be very moderate drinking so every night between about maybe I don't know probably 9 and 11 he'd go to the pub have like maybe two drinks and then come back home both my grandfathers did that mm. all their life
0: so it's so- like a social club right
1: exactly and men would go on their own on the weeknights and then if they, yeah. they might bring their wife at the weekend and then they sit in the lounge bar when they
0: brought their wife see this is quite hilarious because this is like the olden days version of just like having some space from your spouse and using their pub as like a really good excuse <laughs> to do that Oh, love, you, you know, yeah, go to the pub, you know, see the men, you would, you know. You wouldn't you would like really. it. Yeah, but on the weekend we'll go to the lounge bar, yeah. you would
1: prefer that. Yeah. yeah. But, but if he was bringing, if my grandfather was going to, it would, my sister and I would only be taken like
0: maybe twice a year, so it would be a major treat. Mm. So he See, would, that's the problem right there. Oh, I know. <laughs> this, If you psychoanalyse <laughs> this, True. this explains quite a lot. Right, so going to a pub was a special treat.
1: As an adult, I decided that it did not need to be a special treat. <laughs> yeah. So now if you think, yes, yeah, so mm, less said the better. So we, because we were children, he would go earlier on the few occasions that he would bring us, you know, because of our bedtimes and all of that. Mm. And then um, we just loved it. So if my parents were out, if they went to a wedding or a social event, um, it, you know, if my grandparents were babysitting mm. us, and my grandfather would, would bring us to the pub and we loved it. So he'd bring us into the old man bar. Because at this stage in the 80s and 90s, the kind of lounge thing had yeah. racks. Like any women, you know, wouldn't just be designated yeah. to the lounge bar. So we go into the, the kind of a, a very much an old man pub, which is mm. Gerald O'Brien's and oh, yeah. And we, he'd buy us like crisps and lemonade. And the one thing I remember, which makes really good sense, is that my grandfather would always order a pint first. But well, while the pint was being pulled and settling, he'd have a whiskey. So he'd order a whiskey and a pint, you see. So then he'd uh, drink the whiskey while the pint was being pulled and settling. An which excuse. is quite sensible, but that's how they'd all do it, mm. all those older men.
0: When you say a pint, is this traditionally the Guinness? Because obviously that needs um, a bit of time to settle.
1: Yes. Now it wasn't actually Guinness. It was, I think, Beamish's, which is a cork version of okay. Guinness, but it would be similar to Guinness. So it would be something that would need time okay. to settle. So he'd have the whiskey neat, you know, just a neat glass of yeah. whiskey while the pint was settling. And then there'd just be, you know, the usual general pub chat. They'd talk about what was in the papers. Then the news would always be on the television so that people could, you know, criticise politicians and hear yeah. their views on the issues of the day. And then my other grandfather would also bring us to the pub, but my other grandfather lived across the road from the pub in the village where he lived, mm. Doris. And he'd counted out that, very ironically, it was 12 steps from his house to the pub. Oh, really? Yes, 12-step <laughs> yes.
0: 12, 12 programme. <laughs> <Yes. laughs>
1: So we we're just sitting there, Nicole, about um, the pubs that I would have went to with my grandfathers. Would be, I suppose, what you describe as old man pubs, and I, I love those old man oh, pubs. And I love an old what, man pub. Do you like them?
0: Oh my god! Do you know what? Still is an adult, it's see. This is the interesting. So I've never been. Well, I have been to Ireland. I've been to Dublin, but I've never really been around. I imagine your old man pubs are amazing, and I say that because. Uh, where I grew up, and uh, there were there were quite a few old man pubs, and a lot of them were the Irish ones. Right, yeah. Right, um, like uh, there was one in North Harrow that was, you know, pretty well uh, well visited, I suppose. But but actually, um, I suppose in my older years, when living in London as an adult, um, my favourite set of old man pubs were the Sam- Samuel Smith pubs, and these. Um, Is that a chain
1: then? Yeah, but. <sighs> Like a brewery not, or
0: something. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Like not in a like a weather. Not in a, no, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. So they're are breweries. So everything you buy in these Sam Smith um, Sam Smith pubs. Are, um was like brewed on the premises or within another sam smith pub or right. or, or nearby or whatever um so i i mean even like the cola they sold was cola you know rather but oh, I, I mean but i mean that's not that's not necessarily what made them good what made them good in fact great was um the fact that they would um they would take these old like 17th or 18th century pubs Mm. And they just keep them as is. Mm. And there's... there's so they're a, a
1: really historic building then. Yeah, amazing.
0: Yeah, like, like, you know, you're there as if it's never changed. And there, there's a few that we used to go to, um, uh, Angel in the Fields, Princess Louise, the Chandos. But the probably the best one in London is actually... Um, Near where all the the chambers are, what do you call that area? The Inns
1: down by Gresins. That's yeah, Doss. all
0: of that. Yeah, yeah, where um, all the courts are. The Inns of all that. court. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. The
1: Gray's inns. It's near Westminster, there.
0: No. Nah, uh, not too far away. And mm. um, but like Holborn area. Yeah. But, but there's this pub know. called um, Ye Old Cheshire Cheese, right? Right. And it's it's a little it's a little Warren of of little rooms and and just like. The old and I think it's a, it may be like a 17th maybe century pub or something like that. Because mm, of course, all changed. the ends of
1: courts are really old, so that's a very old part of London. It makes sense, yeah, yeah.
0: And the food is amazing. I mean, it's classic pub fare bangers and mash and mm. you know, roast and whatnot. Um, but it's just absolutely gorgeous. So, yeah, I and I think, I think like f- f- when you go around the UK, I think the pubs, the old man pubs, are almost like as worthy in seeing as, as some of the old you know architecture in the churches and things like that I agree, yeah. because there isn't I mean when you you know sometimes you go to America or Australia and things like that and it's just I always get surprised you know where's the old man pub
1: oh I know that's like when I went to the old part of Montreal with my sister and we couldn't find it so we're walking up and down the street and we're thinking where's the old part and then it suddenly dawned on me I was like Lucy their old part will be something from the eighteen hundreds. It won't be. It won't be the medieval narrow streets we're looking for. Yeah. So then we asked this policeman, and he was like, "This is the old town." And then obviously it dawned on us. Okay, to us, this is normal buildings like you'd see in Dublin or London, yeah. like the everyday
0: office block. Is their old town?
1: Exactly. Like, oh my gosh.
0: And having grown up, I, I suppose in a place like we we all have, um, you know, grown up in a place which has such like old aspects to it. Mm. Sometimes you take it for granted, but um, but yeah, but I th- I think um, I think the old man pub is for all ages. Agree. Obviously, the old man pub is called the old man pub because it's frequented by <laughs> usually old men, and yeah. I do feel like I'll probably be an old woman frequenting an old man pub at some point in I'd my. I'd probably be years. a big hit
1: with the old men then.
0: Oh, yeah, probably. Oh, you could be a bar woman. Bar lady. <laughs> oh,
1: I could be a Bet Lynch type bar lady with my oh, leopard yeah. print and my blonde hair. Well, there
0: yeah. we are. All right, Frank, how's it going? That would be me. <laughs> Frank, how's your day been? Haven't seen you in two days. Oh, yeah, had the kids say, same- oh. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'd be very
0: sympathetic. You yeah. Know. So, <laughs> Onya, um, when did you first start going to pubs? Well, so I did
1: well I did obviously I waited until I was the legal age of 18 Nicole before of course I you did. frequented of pubs and or clubs yes
0: listeners she did
1: yeah and then so I went I think my first time that I went to a pub and I I thought I was an adult in my own mind because like, obviously yeah I suppose yeah, eighteen. isn't 18, okay, 18 is an adult but you're not like you know you're an adult but you're not really that okay
0: move on move on
1: (laughs) so I went so I used to always laugh at my mother because years ago because most of the pubs I went to when I was young are now closed down because they the old man pubs obviously stay there they they stay for years yeah but the kind of you know late bars and clubs are a bit flash in the pan yeah that's true so I used to always laugh at my mother because we would drive along and she would pass this one garage forecourt and she'd say oh that used to be the lilac dance hall. Many a good night we had there. Look at it now. Four court, and I would just think, oh, imagine being so old oh, that like the clubs oh, you've God. been to are garages now. Yeah. And now I feel her pain because I used to go to this. Um, ho- there was a hotel called the Marine in Glendora, where I'm about half an hour from where I live. Mm. And that the hotel still exists, but they used to have a club, which is no longer in existence. Mm. <laughs> And my friends and I went there, but it was one of those unfortunate things that it became a letdown because the first night we went there was so good that nothing could ever live up to it because we chose to go this night, which was the um, in Ireland. We have a long bank holiday weekend for Halloween and they had a rally. They used to have a rally in that area. So because of the rally being on, like all the people, like the people involved in the rally, like the the drivers, the people Mm. working on it, the spectators, everything. Yeah, descended on the club of the marine. Yeah, so it was absolutely jam packed with people. Then also, they had one of you know how I don't think it's that popular in clubs now, but it's very popular then that you'd have a mirror behind the bar, so it would look like there was double the oh, crowd yeah, and double yeah.
0: the, the venue was double the size. Uh, that's a good shout actually, because then you can like check how he's in line, see if your mates are at the bar. It is good. It's, oh yeah, I like good. it. Okay.
1: So I walked in anyway, and I was quite young at the time, so I wasn't like as well-versed as clubs and clubs as I would be now Mm. so I thought this is amazing like it's absolutely jam-packed this must be what clubs are like all the time here and then also because I didn't know it was a mirror I just thought the venue was way bigger than it was was like this is huge I was like gosh I didn't think a club this size could fit into this relatively small hotel that you know the mirror aspect did dawn on me but (laughs) for the next few months then my friends and I would go and of course when the rally wasn't on it was only on once a year there was nobody there. So we would it's arrive terrible. like at 10 o'clock because like really that night we'd have to queue to get in. We would arrive at like 10 and just stand there, and the dance floor would be empty and it would just be like eventually oh. we'd get going. But then we obviously, as we got a bit more experience, we realised you should never go to a club in Ireland until at least half 12,
0: a, a quarter to one when the yeah. pubs are closed,
1: have a bit of cop on. So then we did do that. But it was just. Hey,
0: this reminds me of our little trip to um, Bristol um, back yeah. in <laughs> July. Big and... shout out to Emma Squires, friend of the podcast. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and Hannah Taylor. And
1: Hannah Taylor, a friend
0: of the podcast. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so. um... We turned off on a Tuesday and it was, I think it was, in, it was July, so it was like end of university that everyone had gone home and we went to this student bar. Was it wasn't
1: end of university for us, course,
0: <laughs> No, well, some years later, some anniversary, I think. And it was just, and I'm sure they had a mirror behind the bar as well, actually. And it was so, anyway, carry on, sorry.
1: Yeah, it was oh, a bit yeah. li- it was a bit like that though. And then um no but I, I loved going out to the marine and I did have Manny a good night. And now that the club is closed, I drive past and now I am my mother and I think, Oh, the Marine, just a hotel now. Uh, Many a good night was had there.
0: Oh my god. So um so talking about um old old So did clubs.
1: you so when with the mirrors now in the marine one thing I do remember about the marine was that one of my friends from school actually worked there and on the busy nights that was brilliant because I could get served quicker because she would like serve me so did you ever actually work in a bar pub because I always thought that was that was quite a good way to you know socialize
0: um fun- funny enough actually I did um so I mean i um, my um I suppose my jobs um well, let's say part-time jobs was mostly in restaurants but um I did actually work in a pub in Manchester uh, so I should call it a club, actually. It was called the Ritz, right? Ooh. Sounds swanky. You should have just
1: said, I used to work in the Ritz, and I would have and assumed it, uh, it was uh, London.
0: <laughs> oh, mate, I used to do all the time. Like, oh. But um, it was, oh, my God, it was amazing. So it's this big club in, um, in uh, Manchester, and... Um, it like at the time, and I'm sure it's been referred by now because I haven't been back to Manchester. for a I couple wouldn't of be years. so
1: sure, having been in many a club in my day. Now,
0: well, okay, yeah. So it was a kind of hot uh, club that you walk into, and your feet would stick to the carpet genuinely because so many people were splashing around beer yeah. through this entire time. Um but what, one of the reasons I like that though. You're sinking
1: into <laughs> years of history and regret and you like that. It's
0: true. Yeah. So um one of the things I loved is I used to go there every Wednesday um and watch this um 70s night. Mm. And so they had these this like DJ um who had an Afro and an American accent, and they had these dancers. I
1: don't think that's American. I think those DJs called it. Atlantic. oh trans-Atlantic. No, transatlantic
0: yeah well he was actually or mid-atlantic he was actually oh, yeah. from Bolton so when the wig was off that was mid-atlantic it was like, right. I imagine <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was you know the sheen went off when I worked there but the, the, the sheen they, goes it,
1: off it, it, everyone would the lights go out in the club that's
0: true. it's the first lesson you
1: learned
0: <laughs> so these dancers were amazing and they would do um oh was it sunshine moonlight mm. good times boogie that's that the Mike, that we would like
1: to say that was the jackson five not michael jackson himself it's okay to reference <laughs> it
0: <laughs> and it was um and and so like i basically learned all the dances so i was there <laughs> the sunshine. Don't Don't love love the moonlight me love me love good, good times, times. okay <laughs> okay all the listeners turned off now um <laughs> and so i used to be there every wednesday so i thought why don't I just get paid and be here and just enjoy it? So my mates would come along. I'd be behind the bar. I'd get paid for watching this um, cracking show every Wednesday. But I also did these other nights. um, And so Saturdays was funny. Saturdays was the night that uh, the older crowd came up. Mm -hmm. um, And many a time you saw, like... Uh, a a younger man try it on with an older lady and take them home and that was hilarious. No judgment. Um, you had these amazing um gay club nights, uh, which oh, were mostly God, um, which was mostly men actually at the time. And this was on every time there was a bank holiday and it was a bank Ooh. holiday Sunday, and you know these guys would look amazing. They'd be in hot pants and chains and all sorts, and I get kisses left, right, and center. And the tips were wild, and the party was incredible. And we also did band nights as well. So I actually saw the Arctic Monkeys one time wow. before they were famous. Was like, Damn, these guys! These guys are amazing. Who even are they? They and you know, a year later, I was like, oh wow. Um, they were a support act for the doves so yeah I actually had such a laugh working there it was, mm. it was really really good I was
1: never allowed to do the bar whenever I worked in restaurants because they always said it was too much of a chatter and no one would ever get served yeah.
0: I actually think because of my restaurant um, time I was very like it was all about customer service right. and uh, lots of people said you know oh it's so nice to be you know, served by someone who actually smiles
1: I'm like isn't this normal that is nice
0: So you lived in Dublin for a while and Dublin's obviously pretty well known for its pubs.
1: That's right. So there's loads of old man pubs in Dublin, so that's um always good for a quiet drink. But then there's also obviously a lot of late bars and the more like you know, there's lots of traditional pubs which I suppose tourists would like in that they have the snugs and the very old man vibe. But then And I, and the
0: music, right? There is traditional music in the pubs, yeah. I love that.
1: I think, though, there is traditional music in the pubs in Dublin, but if you wanted, like, to really focus on traditional music, you probably would be better to go out to the country.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah,
1: more like... But there are, it is in Dublin, because yeah. obviously, because tourists are there, they, they yeah. tend to play it. of course. But then, when I lived in Dublin, I lived... Um, you, I always lived in the city centre, and for several years I lived on Leeson Street. So Leeson Street's quite good for pubs and clubs. Okay. And in a way, well, actually, I in. I'm in a very similar place. In some ways, it's amazingly convenient to live that close to Mm. the pubs and clubs. But it's also a bit dangerous because I would always end up like hosting pre-drinks, but more dangerously after
0: parties. Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) So because your house is so close, you tend to say, oh, do people want to come back for a drink? And then you end up with people in your home till like 6 a.m., I do this? Why I this? Why? But when I lived in Leeson Street, um, it was really good because at Halloween, they would have this, Um, there's really old wine bars in Leeson Street because apparently in the 80s, like I don't remember this, um, there was some sort of strange licensing laws in Dublin where mm. if you served food and wine, you could have a longer license than a pub. So all these wine bars sprung up in Leeson Street where they do serve a bit of food, but you have to buy wine by the bottle, not by the glass. Now, wow. you don't need to do that anymore under the law, but it just yeah. became kind of a tradition that these these bars got into. Mm. So they have these like really old wine bars where you go in and you have to get wine by the bottle. But like you'd they are open much later. But like if you go into a wine bar where you have to buy wine by the bottle at like 2 a.m., you know that night's not going to end well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then you're just like, oh God. And as you said, they had those soggy carpets, that just like years of wine and regret and indecision. And then there was, um, but on Leeson Street, there was this one place called Buck's, Buck Whaley's, which is kind of a, a club bar. And my friends and I would go to their Halloween party every mm. year because it's very near our flat. And it was a really good Halloween party. So people would go to extreme effort to dress up. Like one year I saw these, there weren't my friends, just random people who won the prize, who were dressed up as, um, you know, in Little Britain, that um, UK sketch show, that mm. guy that was in the wheelchair and he had a carer yeah. and they was like a kind of a And the carer duo, turned around. And he would get out of the wheelchair because he was really in the wheelchair. Yeah, so yeah. these two guys had actually gone to the trouble of dressing up as them and bringing a wheelchair and everything. Now, the one in the wheelchair was actually disabled. <gasps> so is isn't as bad. Because oh. like, it would be a little bit much, I think, to be pretending to be in a wheelchair to get into a club. But the, yeah. the one in the wheelchair was a wheelchair user. And then my friend dressed up as um, Monica Lewinsky and made her boyfriend dress as Bill Clinton. But she went to the extent of actually um, rouge to make them look a little bit bruised. Oh, nice. And then the same year, our other friend, um, we actually all got thrown out because, well, we didn't get thrown out. We went out in an act of solidarity because one of our friends, um, so the costumes are very elaborate. And one woman was dressed up um, in a very elaborate, very low cut, sparkly dress. And my friend thought that it was a man who was dressed in drag for the evening. And he approached
0: this person that he thought
1: was a man and said something along the lines of, oh, you look, you make like you look very convincing as a woman. Where did you get those um, fake boobs they're very realistic looking shame to which the woman said i am a woman her boyfriend got very annoyed reported him to the bouncer oh. and he got thrown out and we all like had to leave in that of oh god! so that was extremely awkward uh,
0: do you know what i love a um fancy dress um we uh, one french <laughs> french skiing trip with um my university was probably really raucous on that one of them was bad taste. Um, <laughs> I just grossed myself. Uh, the, one, one man went in a um, what do you call them? The mankini. Not, like literally just that. <gasps> like, I don't know um, how he did. Oh, what's his freeze. name? Ali G head. That's yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is basically oh. like a in a ski th- resort. I th- know exactly. It's like a um, a thong, but then the you know the straps go over your shoulders mental, and um, and then <laughs> I I think this is most disgusting, but there no, uh, were two girls who went as tampons and they um, they also stuck sanitary towels to themselves and put like red like nail varnish on them and stuff <laughs> awful it's
1: disgusting i mean obviously
0: (laughs) (laughs) like for bad taste that is pretty like award-winning right there it
1: is bad taste but nicole we're all meant to be period positive now so if those girls want to celebrate their periods although why you'd need nail varnish tampons and pads i mean i think seek a gynecologist assistance if you need both
0: (laughs) i mean i i went as a chav that night and i just don't think (laughs) That was nothing compared to the others. But um, also, you know I love a Rubik's Cube Oh, party. you do love a yes. Rubik's Cube Yes. I was well,
1: so stressed when you first but, said you're having Rubik's Cube Oh, we Cube have party. to explain it. Could you we do explain it. the concept?
0: Yeah. And I'll explain
1: my misunderstanding of the context? So
0: everyone knows what a Rubik's Cube is. Nobody it's knows, God. Nicole. Okay it's got, um was it, eight different colours? Nine different colours, sorry. Is that
1: cube that people who are good at maths do? Oh
0: uh, yeah, so it's got nine different colours and you have to move the Rubik's Cube so that the same colour is on the same side. So it's like blue, white, green, orange, yellow, so on and so forth. Um, anyway, a Rubik's Cube party is where you all go in uh, in clothes which have each a colour of the Rubik's Cube. So mm-hmm. blue, green, white, yellow, orange, so on and so forth. And then by the end of the night, you would have swapped clothes. Hello? Mm. And uh, when we did it in Selena, actually, um, people were so excited about it. We had to just be like, look, not everyone's here here yet. So we'll just like, we'll just say go, right? And it became like this race. It was like this Rubik's Cube well, race. I was
1: really worried about it because yeah. I thought you also had to swap underwear. Now, I was still going to attend, honestly, but I just thought, well... I
0: remember I was like, Anya doesn't know. I was like, just wear red as a dress underneath and just... Add accessories
1: so I just kept thinking well if I wear like a if I wear like a nice set of oh like if God. I get a red bra and a <laughs> red knickers and then I thought well just I was like I'm sure for the sense of decency they'll probably let me take my knickers off in the bathroom because I don't really want to swap knickers with somebody Wow, like, it wasn't that room. kind of party well, then I was just like really stressed about it and then I was saying it to Lydia at work and I was like maybe Lydia hopefully is a friend of the podcast and I was saying Lydia you know would you think Nicole would give like if I wear like a matching set of underwear and a collar that suits the theme, do you think Nicole would let me at least take my knickers off in the bathroom? Because I'm not sure I want to swap knickers with somebody else at all anyway. And I was like, would we maybe put those hygiene protectors in like they have in shops? And then everybody was like, nobody expects you to
0: strip down your underwear. uh, No, it was definitely not that kind of high. Gosh. But yeah, I mean, I mean, Dublin was great. Um, London was also. Oh yeah, uh, what's London? Because I've yeah. gone out in
1: London. I'm just pouring wine now and keeping
0: podcast. Yeah, but of course.
1: I've been out in London a few times, but obviously I've been there like as a tourist because I don't live there. So what was it like when you lived there to go out?
0: Yeah, I mean the variety was was pretty amazing. Um, I always hate, like, the length of time it gets to, for, to go from one place to another. Oh, yeah, that would drive me mad. Yeah, I mean, that's... But anyway... But um, they're not
1: too close, because they need the after-party problem, like, when I lived in the oh, East, East you Tom, Dick, and Harry yeah. in the house at after-parties. Oh, not the gosh. road to go down.
0: The night buses, though. Oh, you know, I'd actually set my alarm. I'll get on a night bus... Like one time when I was living in Greenwich, I'd get on the night bus, have a little nap and I would like, you know, it was about 40 minutes or something. I set my alarm for 30 minutes so I'd be awake for the end. Oh, oh there's always
1: good crack in a night
0: bus though. You meet some characters. Oh, no. Oh yeah. Okay. On, on New Year's Eve or something, but not necessarily all the time. And then sometimes they're a bit roundy. But any, but anyway, Can I
1: just ask as a non-Londoner? Yeah. Do people talk on night buses or do they do the tube thing where you look dead ahead?
0: um some people talk often often the crack is like if someone's got food right mm. the smell smell of mcdonald's just gets people going and then people will be like, oh you've got mcdonald's oh yeah you don't need all those chips do you <laughs> <laughs> <I'm so dumb. laughs> i just me but, See this what
1: truck. I'm thinking, this might <laughs> be my new dating strategy. I'll just bring chips on the night
0: bus. Oh my god, <laughs> honestly. Actually, it just reminds me me and my friend Irish were on this night bus, um, coming home from Oxford Square, and I think we we're going west London somewhere. I, I don't know, maybe to her house, who knows. Anyway, um, there was this guy, um, right at the front of the, the bus upstairs, so you've got the glass in front of you, right? And he was doing this swaying, but he was doing the kind of swaying where he's leaning forward and then you leaning back, leaning forward and leaning back, and the oh. bus was going it was dangerous people would be like ooh, ooh ooh and then the bus um, would like, they be
1: those double buses though that have the hinge part that turns on the corner because that'd be very dangerous oh no
0: no no it was one of the um, the two story like classic London buses oh thank buses. god yeah and um, anyway the bus driver had to uh, put their brakes on for some traffic lights or something and this guy just dipped head first into the glass and we were
1: like oh, oh like We couldn't
0: stop him in time, oh, and it was just god like, and you know, <laughs> like, oh my god, he woke oh, up and was creature. Just all over. Oh, the place that's
1: terrible.
0: But, um, but yeah, no, it's it's a cracking night out. In fact, so there's a few places you can impress with Lon- in London, and um,
1: there's well, very few places I can
0: impress, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very few places in um, in St. London, <laughs> but um. So the Sky Bars are always one of them. Ooh, yeah, that's and and um, cool, yeah. there's, this, there's this one actually that, that opened up a couple of years ago called Sky Garden in what uh, we called, um, I think it was the Walkie Talkie building, I think. I don't know if it's a real name. Oh. Um, but anyway, it was, it was kind of um, on the other side of London Bridge. But, um, but yeah, no, that's always the one that I took people to kind of impress. Um, except for uh, Coffee Patron, you buy two of them and it costs you about 25 quid. What's um, that? Uh, oh, it's um, it's a lovely coffee liqueur. It's like a tequila but with coffee. It's well, very I've never nice. Heard of and like often you get in songs about singing about Patron because it's you know the thing that people will do. Like I've oh, got my got my ladies, got my Patron. <laughs> there is no career in rapping for me. Thank you very much. Well,
1: I didn't know Nicole, I thought you kept the rhythm there,
0: lovely. <laughs> But there was, a, but I have to tell you of one epic night out um, that I had I think had we're going to have to turn
1: the light on. This bar here in Nicole's home is getting too
0: dark for uh, me, know. so I'm just going to stand
1: up and turn the light on.
0: Definitely. So, obviously, um, Anya, you know my friend um, Kat pretty well.
1: I do. Well, I wouldn't say I know her well now, oh, measure yeah, yeah. Once. Okay, oh, measure yeah, once, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, so Kat's a, a dancer and singer, and um, she was always brilliant at getting us into to clubs. So she had this... Um, this birthday, uh, one year, um, and took us to this club called um The Box, and this is like a circus kind of cabaret club, oh, right? do you don't would really like circus, no, you would love it, right? So, there was basically a woman swinging on a ring, naked, um, painted in gold, like um,
1: Circus Circus or
0: something, <laughs> so- soleil, right? Soleil. Thank you. Sorry. I sorry. I should laugh because I say things wrong all the time. <laughs> but they were um, I've
1: never gone to it. I've only ever read it. Do you know what I mean?
0: I've never yeah, said it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that was the time right on this podcast. So, we were um my mate uh, Drew came out with us. He was he was staying with me at the time and um he got dragged up on stage and like behind the curtain and we were like what's happening with Drew? What's happening with Drew? Don't know. And these The curtains open and they had had taken uh, Drew's shirt off and there were, like, six, like, siren women, like, all over him. And then the curtains then shut. (laughs) It was just like, oh, my God. And he came back and he was like... That was literally the best night of my life, and there was just so much circus go. It was amazing, and I, I googled it before this podcast, that and it's still going. Not have oh, yeah. to
1: say, It'd be a fairly classic <laughs> pub. You'd have your Guinness and that
0: show. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, that is that is definitely one of the most impressive. I think London nights are out going. Anya, tell me about the pubs where you're from.
1: Well, I was thinking about the pubs where I'm from, and I made a bit of a. I had an epiphany, really, a realization. Because I don't know if this would sound familiar to you in any way, Nicole, but the pubs where I'm from, there's a square Mm. with some outdoor tables and chairs, and all the The pubs open onto the square. Oh, yeah, yeah. Apart from a few that go up a side street. And then, so the the tables and chairs, the outdoor tables and chairs are communal, really. They Mm. don't belong to any pub. And then the the pubs are in a row. And then there's some side streets with a few pubs. And then there's the sea and some sailing boats.
0: Wow. And then
1: there are often people from... Which, what's this
0: place? In Baltimore. In Baltimore, okay. And then
1: there are often people from yachts in the pub. And then there's a pizza place. And there's pizza in the pub. Are you sure this is not Saint <laughs> I know. That's Sp- I, I suddenly realised. Oh my gosh! I'm just in Baltimore in the sun now. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh! <laughs> I know. Baltimore, South Atlantic.
1: <laughs> yeah. So then I suddenly thought, oh, do I know of anywhere else where there's pubs with outdoor tables with yachties, facing out into the sea and pizza? And then I thought, oh yes, Saint Chili
0: <laughs> Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so yeah, essentially, I've just moved from. One Atlantic. I'm just moved to the other side of the Atlantic, really. (laughs) Basically. But when um, my friends, John and Mike, who probably don't listen to me because they find it hard enough to listen to me in person, but I like in my mind to think they're friends of the podcast. When they came to visit me, we had the most teenage night out ever because none of us had any money because we hadn't been to the ATM. Mm. So we had to get money from my dad. Then my dad had to <laughs> drive us to the pub because we didn't have any money. We didn't have any transport. So my dad drove us to the pub and we all went into one of the local pubs. They're very like friendly and people, people know you and everything Yeah. Again, where would that remind you of where everybody knows your name? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and they cross examine you about your personal life. <laughs> so then um we were, we had a few drinks in the pub and then Mike, who's Australian and not very hardy in the colder climate, although he does live in the Falklands now, yeah. um, started to get a bit cold, so we decided we wanted to go home. But as part of the in order to like, continue our teenage night out, I decided we'd ring my dad to collect us. Oh, yeah, of course. But we'd get him to collect us about half a mile down the road so other people wouldn't see us Oh, yeah. Collect- <laughs> <laughs> I did. yeah, So I just thought it's a bit embarrassing.
0: <laughs> so gave no, can, him- can, can you tell everyone what age you were at this point? I was 34. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing.
1: So he came and collected us, and then we went home. And then he, he very kindly made us tea, and I think he brought out some scones as well because my dad loves a scone.
0: Oh, my God. Like, uh, this really reminds me of uh, when my mum used to pick me up from, like, dates. I, this is just mortifying even thinking about it. So I'd be, like, 15 or 16 or something like that. Um, okay, 14, maybe 13. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, like, I was living in a harrow at the time way I moved from there at 15. But anyway, and... Oh my god, I would go on a cinema day or something and my mum would pick me up and then I would like be snogging the boy and she oh, I wasn't snugging
1: either down or mic when my dad arrived. No. I'd just like to make that very clear like, to all our
0: listeners. Oh god, it's just so embarrassing. Anyway, and nothing to do with pubs. How did oh god, never
1: mind. So if so I've been telling you now about the pubs in Baltimore, and how I've essentially just moved to Baltimore in the sun. Yeah. But if you could make so that's like kind of my local pubs in Baltimore. So if you could make any pub your local, like if you had the ability to pick up a pub from anywhere this is a bit of a fantasy. If you could pick up a pub from anywhere in the world and put it down the road from where you live, what what would it be? What would say like
0: what pub would I make my local if if I could yeah, if I could. Pick it up and move it to wherever you live, yeah. yeah. Um this is an interesting one. Um so I I suppose like you, I like the kind of pub where you chat to everybody. Mm-hmm. But I also like a bit of dancing. True. And that I also good. like a bit of food. And uh, You want so a venue,
1: really, not a pub, then. You kind of want a multi-purpose venue. Maybe.
0: Oh, okay, I'll tell you which one. So I used to live in Brixton in London, and then there was a pub down the road called Hootenanny's, which is probably the best Damn pub going. It's just right. so Okay, so it is it is rough and ready, I tell you this now. It's nothing gastro, anything like that. There it's it's a big bit of land. To well, be honest, big I still London. think in a pub eating is cheating. No, but you get hungry and you get No, okay, so it's got um it's got tables a outside. Of crisps or a of it's got tables hungry. outside and it's got a little cookout outside, right? Right. So you go inside for the pub. Right, you get your mm. drinks super cheap. They usually have some kind of live music on. One time I was there there was a brass band, right? Ooh, but they were like really funky like Brixton style brass band, right? Like a
1: New Orleans type thing.
0: Yeah, and and they would come in the audi- in the ordin- audience, audience to play. Ugh, can't even say in the audience to play, right? So it's all around you. That sounds brilliant. And then whoever they have on, it doesn't matter. At one point, once the live music is off, the reggae comes on. So this is to be like eleven p.m. and I love a bit of reggae. I
1: do love. I like
0: accessible reggae though. Do you know, like that you'd know? Oh yeah, and it's so it's so good. And then if you want to chat, and do you know what? You yeah, reggae people. is good for chatting because it's not it's not too obtrusive. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I remember I remember taking my dad out there once, um, and he you know um we we'd got to pass the live music and the reggae come on and i think it was one in the morning or something and i was like "So hey hey dad like you know you you're feeling tired my dad isn't old by the way but i was like you're feeling tired dad yeah yeah yeah, dad uh y- when you want to go home and he went when it finishes <laughs> that's yes. the right answer yes. Yes. oh my goodness if I they could... throw you out and <laughs> say do you have no home to go to that's <laughs> yeah. when you go home Oh, many an epic time has been from, from that pub. So, anything from you? Any favourite pubs that you would move? Uh,
1: you see, I don't think I would move them because I think a pub is of its place. Okay. You mean. Yeah. So I think if you moved it, it might ruin the atmosphere. Okay. So I'd leave them all where they are and I would just visit them.
0: Okay, right. I've got a question for you then. So if you could name a pub, so right. say so you set up a pub, if you yep. could name a pub... What would you name it?
1: Right. I. Okay, so there's three things I would possibly name a pub.
0: Right, okay. Those are work. Right. Mass. Right. Or confession. Okay. <laughs> so Why?
1: people could truthfully say, oh, sorry, I'm so late home. I was in
0: work. Like it.
1: Or they could say, oh, sorry, I didn't make that. Now I was in mass.
0: Oh, nice. Or they could be like,
1: oh, well, I'm really sorry I didn't make your birthday. I had to go to confession.
0: Brilliant. So this reminds me of a story my friend Heather has said to me, um, and Heather has got two young kids, and she said she's teaching her her eldest son um, that um, pub is called coffee shop and wine is called coffee, so that if his teachers say, oh, so uh, where where did you go with mummy this weekend he will say we went to the coffee shop and mum drank coffee yes pure
1: genius that that is a good one yeah. although obviously we would advise everyone to be open and honest with their
0: children at all times of course of course So we obviously need to finish this um, podcast, um, as well as our countdown, but but first by talking about um, pubs in St Helena, right? Of course. Yes. And we have mentioned already in an earlier podcast about the party bus.
1: We did. We discussed that in a bit of detail, I remember.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it does go around the pubs, um, pubs around St Helena. Um, But before we get into it, we have a little segue into a a little uh, case study of a pub we visited earlier so you just heard there um us going out to collins bar um which is just one of the most um picturesque bars in Sydney. i would say
1: it has a gorgeous view absolutely gorgeous a gorgeous view and today was just the ideal day to be there because it was just a beautiful, sunny, blue sky day, and it just showcased it at its absolute best.
0: Exactly. And, you know, the barman's super nice. Really uh, lovely man. Uh older fella from Sandy Bay, and he had some of his, um, well, like his friends come over later on and have a couple of drinks. So, yeah, he was super nice. And it was just a great time. We had a little bit of sunbathe.
1: Yeah, it was lovely day. We had a really nice afternoon
0: there. Yeah. I'm starting to get a bit pink in the face, but...
1: <laughs> uh, I'm pink as well, you know, but sh- I always say the pink will be brown tomorrow.
0: Yes, that's great. Use sunscreen, kids. <laughs> well, of
1: course, we would advise all our listeners to use sunscreen and check all their moles. But personally, pink to tan, that's my view. So, um, but I'm not a medical doctor, just to be clear.
0: <laughs> so, um, so we are obviously regulars, and I think we've mentioned this a little bit before, but we're regulars at the Mule Yard Bar.
1: We are. We were there last night, in fact.
0: Yes, exactly. With, with friends. Of we ours.
1: tried to do a little bit of a recording, but there were some technical difficulties.
0: Exactly, which was a shame, as because you would have heard the excellent atmosphere. There's actually, um, it's quite family friendly up there. There's a pizza place next door, which is. Absolutely delicious. We had a nice little stuffed crust pizza.
1: Delicious, yeah. Mexican chicken. Get Carters is is a really great pizza place. Yeah,
0: open Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays. And
1: David and Mercy do delicious food. Yeah,
0: really, really nice. So actually a lot of families will come down on a Friday evening um, or Saturday evening and they will enjoy pizza together. And parents can um, go across to the bar if they want to, chat to some colleagues um but it it was interesting yesterday evening, of course, because for us this is our after work bar and um and of course, we see all sorts um in there uh, sometimes tourists um sometimes Yossis and things like this and and um i i've got to, i've got to actually say one thing that someone said to me which made me really laugh and i I wanted to bring it up in the the podcast but they asked do i find St Lena boring?
1: As I mentioned a few minutes ago, I realized when I started thinking about bars that essentially St. Helena and Baltimore are the same place, just different sides of the the Atlantic. Mm. And when I lived in Baltimore, I would get very insulted because people from the city who would have holiday homes there and would go there for sailing holidays would ask me, first of all, do you live here all year round in (laughs) an incredulous voice? Now, this was when I was a teenager and I, you know, I did live there all year round. And they're like, oh, so you just, your house here is a real house. It's not just a holiday. I'm like, you have to stay here in the winter. And I was like, that's extremely condescending and insulting. Yeah. And also they would always ask the boring question, as as in whether it yeah. was a boring place. So I think I've always been a little bit sensitive about that. Because I think if somebody, if somewhere looks like a holiday destination, as of course St. Helena does, because it has the sea and the sun and the, mm. the markers of holiday destination... People from the urban metropolises yeah. tend to think that there is no real life going on there and that you can't have a job or a family life or a normal, you know, life there. They think it's just for holidays. And I actually feel strongly about that because I think it's really irritating. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I think it's just, I think if, if somewhere looks like a holiday destination, that's great because it's somewhere pleasant to live. But you always do have that other side of the coin where people who live in the more urban areas will always assume that the pace of life is slow and boring but that's just yeah. lack of imagination
0: do you know when I when I kind of responded to this I, I probably didn't explain myself properly but I did try now, I tried to explain what my life was in London and that so I had friends but they were all over London so we, tra- mm-hmm. we travel quite a lot. and long London way. is
1: unbelievably difficult to get around exactly like the distances are
0: vast so you'd you'd actually travel about an hour to then meet people mm. in town, and often you would go into a bar and people didn't know who you were, and people weren't that friendly mm. so what I tried to explain was actually it was just really nice like I know more people here than I do in London is therefore it's more sociable mm-hmm. i don't I don't think it would... but anyway the the other thing I was just trying to. Trying to think of that, I thought of after you know that classic one of oh I wish I said it at the time, but when I was in London, like in my head, I would go to theaters and I would go to like musicals. Mm. I would go. I hate musicals actually. Oh, I, wait, go I love to, musicals. I'd go to art galleries. Like in my head, I would do all this stuff, mm. but in reality, do you know what? I was so like skint because the cost of living. I was so tired from commuting to and from work. And also trying a gym and all this stuff. And I just really didn't really have the interest to go to these. I mean, occasionally, you know, we'd go out and it would be amazing, like I explained earlier with the box and things like that. But it just didn't happen all that often.
1: I agree, because when I lived, I lived all my life in, in you know, I'm from the country in rural Ireland, so I've always lived in a small place. Um, you know, quite similar to St. in that way of everybody would know you and know mm. your business, but... I didn't, when I moved to Dublin, yeah, first of all, I thought this is great, have all these options, I could go here, there and everything. Yeah. Of course, I was dazzled by the, the city lights. But then I did realise, oh, well, yeah, I could go there, but that concert would cost like €100 Euro, and it's only on for one night and getting the tickets would even be impossible. So I thought, oh, yeah, I could go, but I yeah. probably won't. But I think it's just the... The sense, and I maybe am a little bit sensitive, but this is somebody from a small town. But I was listening to a podcast a few weeks ago as well, and somebody said they were discussing something that had happened in a small town and how it it hadn't been very well dealt with. And then they said, "Oh well, of course they're all from a small town," and I was so affronted as a listener. I was like, "No, just because people are from a small place, it's a horrible assumption to make." And I've always been of the view that people from small places and I would consider St. Helene in this and I would consider where I'm from in rural Ireland people from small places are very adaptable Mm. people from big cities just assume that all small places are really dull and boring and it can be quite grating if you're from them
0: so I mean I would put it in a different way I think it's when you've chosen a certain lifestyle you've weighed up the pros and cons of that certain lifestyle if you've chosen to live there and then you think of why would someone want to live any mm, other way? True, so I think it's more like that. And, like, you know, having come from... grew up in a city and stuff, now I live here. And I, I just... I absolutely love the sea being so close. I went mm. scuba diving this morning, like I said, and the... You know, we went up to Collins Bar, and it's just beautiful. You can go mm. walking, which we'll do tomorrow, and things like that. And you don't have to travel 40 minutes outside of the city to do it. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm like, I've picked an amazing lifestyle to be in. So I would dread going back to London and living that old lifestyle. So I think, I think that's, that's, you know, I think everyone's chosen what's best for them. Yeah, I agree. And so there probably is a bit of judgment going the other way to be like, oh, well, why yeah. would you... Because, yeah. See,
1: I think there's pros and cons to both, but I would like to think that, like, I'd like to think that I see the advantages of both. So when I'm in a city, I do think, oh, I love the energy. I love yeah. the array of choice. I just go up yeah. to somebody in a bar in London and say, oh, God, you must find it very busy here. You must find it very expensive. Like, I wouldn't do that. So I think it's a bit greeting when an, yeah. you're in a small town. People feel the right to come up to you and say, you must find it very boring.
0: Oh, people do, though. People from mm. small towns will go to London and be like, well, it's too busy and it's too... You know. Oh, well, I suppose that's and, and I think, I, I suppose yeah. I suppose, suppose
1: that's fair enough. I, it's just not yeah. something I would do personally.
0: But, yeah, I suppose that's... Yeah, people yeah. People want to say that they can. But, I mean, I just... Again, when... So when... um. My partner and I were living in London. You know, we realised at one point we were living in East Dulwich at at the end before we moved out of London. And basically our lives were get up, cycle to work. I I would gym the other end before working. Work, cycle back home, make dinner, watch some, like, film on Netflix or something like that, and then go to bed. And that would be, like, Monday to Friday. And then Saturday mornings I'd play netball, and then I'd hang around the local village. Mm -hmm. And then... You know, whatever. Um, And then at some point, it was like, why are we doing this? Like, we could be doing this anywhere, and yet we're paying these like ludicrous prices. We've got neighbors left, right, and center of us. I can hear someone like tapping their feet upstairs. You know what I'm saying? The dog barking downstairs, something. And you think like, what are you doing? So we ended up moving to Sussex, and we were about ten minute walk from the beach. And it it was brilliant, and then obviously the job came up, and I came here, and it was just fantastic. But I think I think for me, I think the point is like wherever you live has got some amazing features to it. Mm. I think what we're not that great about doing, I say we as like the collective in the whole, is actually going and really enjoying them. And mm. I'm really like we did this little segue to Collins Bar, and I'm really glad we went there today, and um, you know left Jamestown, went to mm. Sandy Bay, and it's just fantastic. And I know we need to do. More of that. That's true. And it's the same when I was living in London, you know. I, I walked past Big Ben because I was working in Westminster or all the tourists, whatever. But I was like, you know, but when have I then gone into Green Park and just sat mm. there and enjoyed myself? When have I gone around Buckingham Palace? And and I think, yeah, I think just as humans we've got... That's true. We've got so much around us instantly in London, in Dublin, wherever it is, wherever mm. you live. But, but you yeah. always take Where do you go? what
1: you have for granted. Yeah. So I think a lot of the reason why I probably, I don't use, I don't utilize the ocean and the countryside in St. as much as other people, I would, you know, yeah. I don't take advantage of it and embrace yeah. it as much. And probably the reason I don't, you know, the, the reason that I don't do that is because I grew up by the sea and mm. in the countryside. So to me, it's not a novelty. Do you see what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Whereas if you put me in a big city, yeah, fair enough, I won't go to constant things you know the, yeah. the, the the tickets can't be gotten ridiculous price. but I'll make huge efforts in cities because to me that's a novelty because you always yeah, yeah. take for granted what you've always had so even though I love St. and I love yeah. the sunshine now I never take for granted because that's oh, one yeah. thing I've never had in Ireland so I can sit inside if it's sunny because I'm like oh I can't waste that sunshine yeah, so true. I think it's just what you're not used yeah. to you'll always embrace
0: but you'll take for exactly. granted what you're used to and I just I do absolutely love going back to London for holidays I absolutely love it and yeah we, we really make the most of it mm, oh I love um, London
1: I love the energy it's a it's a great exactly city. I
0: definitely wouldn't want to go back and live there again if I could have the choice but absolutely love it see India. if I ever
1: moved to England the only part of it I'd live in would be London
0: really all go from here
1: because the thing is if I wanted country or something I'd just go to Ireland like I don't do know, you know I mean?
0: yeah although Bristol is a cracking city
1: that is true. It's a bit, it's a bit hippie-ish for me now, Nicole. Well, They're very well not hippie, it's well, hipsterish. Yeah. Mm.
0: Well, anyway, that's a whole podcast yeah, about hipsters. Yeah, know my views <laughs> on hipsters. Yeah. Exactly. That's actually,
1: I'm worried about old man pubs for that reason. I feel the hipsters might drive the old men out.
0: So in terms of old man's pubs in Saint Helena, um, we have two cracking ones in Jamestown. Um, which I think we've mentioned before in the podcast, which is the uh, the White Horse and the Standard. Yeah, um, we mentioned it because we were talking about um, New Year's Eve or Old uh, Year's Night, night yeah, that they call it here. Yeah. Um, and they are,
1: is a good old man's pub too.
0: Yeah, yeah. In, yeah, in Sandy Bay, obviously. Way, yeah. Um, and those two pubs are great. I actually really like the music in the White Horse. Yes, and, I do too. Yeah. And the Standard is um, owned by the Hicklings very welcoming people extremely friendly welcoming really welcoming absolutely I'm very good
1: at hosting they'll often host birthday parties and events like that and they do it really well it's always very enjoyable well yeah
0: yeah and it's not it's not like scary at all to go into those those pubs if you see what I mean like even as a tourist people are are Mm -hmm. are friendly it's really interesting but of course, uh, the cracker is is Donnie's bar, isn't it, really?
1: Well, I would always look, I always look in the mirror as Donnie's, but the package deal, you see. Yeah. Because my ideal night out now would be that you do. Well, actually, I just like to first of all mention Rosie's, because Rosie's is again a bit well, out that of is town. Well, true. So, Rosie's to me is again a bit of a. I like to go to Rosie's when there's food, because they have a nice restaurant. I like they often do like a very good themed evening like they'll do maybe Moroccan food or Mexican food or you know they'll they'll do that I don't know obviously their their normal menu is very good too at like the yeah. burgers but so it's quite a place i I quite like to go like enjoy food in the restaurant and then go upstairs and get involved in the the, the yeah. drinks in the bar and, and have a night out dancing so that's to me is more of like a venue you know in that you have yeah, the yeah. food the bar and but, the clubs but and, then, I, and I
0: think I think we need to explain to people who don't know Sinalina um the Roses is at the, is at the top of the kind of 699 steps. It's a beautiful objective, view, objective, a like, panoramic
1: view of the sea. Yeah,
0: complete beautiful view, like the sea just for miles and miles. Yeah, and they have a
1: gorgeous terrace. It's a lovely place to have a sundown or watch the sunset. Yeah.
0: Gorgeous. Cracking, yeah. yeah so that
1: to me would be like a, I'll com- sort of combine food on my night out venue. Mm. But then if I'm having just a kind of a pure night out, no, you know, the food's not really an issue. Um, I would always like to combine then the Moulard and Donny's because I think it's quite nice to have a few drinks in the Moulard. It's like very casual, next relaxed, again, good fun, next to the, the sea. Yeah. Um, just always good fun. I, I get a proper glass there now, so I feel I've you know, made it to an extent.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. This is a regulars thing, by the way. You yeah. know, Plastic cups for everyone, yeah. uh, glasses for regulars, yeah. yeah.
1: And then to sort of like gradually move from, I think always as well, it's the, thing, it's the kind of thing you need to judge so at a certain point, just collectively, the group decides it's the right time now to leave the meal and go to Donny's. Yeah, yeah. And you need to pitch that at, at the right time yeah. so that Donny's is just getting busy. It's
0: usually the, the most drunk person going, Donny's! Yeah, and then you're
1: like, oh. <laughs> so first of all, you'll sort of shout them down, like, no, no, not yet. And then at the appropriate moment, you'll be like, yeah. yes, we'll go there. Yeah, yeah. And then you sort of walk over the bridge and then you go into Donnie's And I just love the fact that you can, you know, get your drinks, you can dance on a dance floor while you can often watch a full moon over the sea whilst yeah. you dance, so and like sometimes it... you forget about it. But then you suddenly look and you think, "Oh, I'm dancing on a dance floor. I'm looking out at the ocean. And the moon is twinkling. It's amazing."
0: Exactly, and you can see um, the yachts in the, yeah. the bay as well with their their lights. Yeah, because it's it's kind of like a semi-open air bar, mm. and they they've done it kind up like recently. A beach bar it. Yeah, yeah, they've done it up recently. I was about to say, and they've got. Um, kind of the bamboo and it looks a bit like it. a jamaican kind yes, of style yeah. and donnie's is a bit of an institution he's been here years and years and years and probably put i mean i don't even know how old oh, there was is. an
1: anniversary there a while back was it 20 or 25 years I i'm, I'm sure right. if, if any people feel free to correct us on this but i know there was a recent significant anniversary like year yeah
0: yeah and donnie always dj's and it's um he, he usually gets crowd going really well um so he does slightly different nights so some, sometimes he'll do like 80s night or uh, 70s or something mm. like that or just like old school and then other times he'll um yeah I suppose he he'll play the kind of music people like here the the dance music but it's it's not just it's not like house music it's like this kind of calypso um kind of yeah. music it's very like Caribbean style
1: to me it'll <laughs> always be the sort of remix of Purple Rain I'll always associate that with Donnie
0: yeah you that's know. true it's
1: just, just very like nice easy to dance to, easy to sing along to yeah just enjoyable music that
0: you know yeah. promotes a nice night out exactly it's um it's br- brilliant and they also what I love about Salina, um compared to when I used to live in London and when I go back visit there is there's barely any queues at the bar it's so that good. is brilliant yeah they've always got enough staff yeah, that is British, Gosh. yeah. Last time I was in London I was three three people deep and I was like, Oh god, that's I, I don't know I, I I didn't know what to do. I was like, should I buy three drinks for myself? Or do, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and the drinks are so cheap as well, um, compared to uh London, which of course they would be. I mean London's completely inflated. I I told you about the two patrones for like 15 I what, still don't know or what even this what is it? Really. Yeah. I have, have some now. Yeah, or the, yeah. But um, you know, I think it's like couple of quid basically for a shipwreck True. no 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 here I'm talking oh, about well, Donny's. Yeah. couple of quid for a shipwreck which is a, a spice rum and, and coke um which yeah, no, most that's, people drink that's here good. That's good. so it's, it's good fun and uh, uh and and a good night out definitely and
1: then I like the fact as well that because there's outdoor space you see when you're dancing if you get a bit tired a bit hot you can kind of go and sit yeah. on the decking and that's always nice to cool off you can chat to people there because you can actually if you go outside away from the music you can actually sit down and have a chill chat with somebody, which is yeah. nice, because in a lot of clubs you can't do that.
0: Exactly. And the food next door as well. Oh,
1: you've got Rays then with your chips just yeah. on tap there, really.
0: So, so you know, we, we're bigging it up. but Actually, you know, some people, they're all like, oh, gosh. Oh, oh, I don't yeah, want to end I mean, up in Donny's. We've been and out
1: they've... a lot. Between the two of us yeah. now, we've been to Mania Pub and Mania Club.
0: So yeah. I
1: mean, I wouldn't say this about most topics, but I'd feel confident we know
0: what we're talking about with this. <laughs> definitely but yeah some people you know don't like the idea of ending up in a, a a nightclub but it isn't sleazy it's a lot of fun and if if donnie's listening shout out to donnie and shout out to johnny from the mule yard and all shout of you guys. To Rosie and Rosie, Ponsar, all you guys and where is it all you guys who the are and standard exactly. and the white horse
1: proprietors and annie bars we've forgotten yeah and thank we you we do so like much mantis as well this. for an espresso martini
0: Get started. That's so good. Okay, so I think it's almost time for the countdown. I think it is. Well, wow. so the countdown for pubs, bars, and clubs.
1: Number five is feeling cozy and familiar in a pub, so that everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came, like in cheers.
0: <laughs> Number four is Dancing Under the Moon in St Helena. Number three
1: is Dublin Cubs and pubs which are so close to your home that an after-price is inevitability.
0: Mm. Number two is Old Man pubs mm. all, all man over pub. the world. In particular Ye old Cheshire cheese in London. Mm, lovely.
1: And then number one is the Box London. And I'm not going to go into the circuit or whatever because I'll be (laughs) mocked for my pronunciation.
0: Well, thank you listeners for joining us for another podcast and we will see you soon. Mm. Goodbye. Bye.